0: Great to be able to share with you tonight uh, here uh, at One Hope. I'm Mark, as uh, Robbie introduced, and uh, it really is uh, a great encouragement uh, when I look up the screens and see someone. Like George in his early 20s wanting to commit his Friday nights and others as well. I know we've got a stack of youth leaders here and other leaders that serve across our church um, that come. Even this morning I was here uh, nice and early printing off um, a sermon and uh, there was some uh, guys rolling in at... uh, 8.30 8:30 in the morning which for them it was like 7:30 losing the hour and I'm just so encouraged with so many people that serve uh, in so many ways in this in this church if it's you know guys on the camera, people cleaning before or after services we really appreciate it and, and you're all uh, are really valued and uh, really wanted to encourage you all tonight I reckon we can give a round of applause for those that serve in uh, our church and different ways. And I know you don't do it for that, uh, but I just it's important to also acknowledge and say we really, really value all of you guys. And I know there's some guys up the top as well that run all stuff, so I appreciate you guys as well. <clears throat> Tonight, I want to share uh, with you, uh, from God's Word, out of, out of the book of Luke, uh, this section that we're gonna lo- going to be looking at. Uh, I've been reflecting on for a while, probably about six or twelve months. Just, I've been finding myself just drawn drawn back to Luke twenty four a number of times, and it's just it continues to just I continue to be struck by uh, the interaction uh, that you'll see tonight that Jesus has. Uh, I believe tonight the living God wants to speak to your heart. He wants to warm your heart through His Word. So we're going to do a bit of a deep dive, we're going to spend a bit of time, there's some chunks of scripture that we're going to read, so I want you to hang with me while we read those, it's a great story, it's one of, it's one of my favourites, a lot of people love this story, it's, and it's about two people, uh, well you could actually say three people, but there's two main characters, one of them is called Khalifa. Cleopas and the other, we are unsure. We don't know if it's Cleopas's wife. We don't know if it's his best friend. We don't know if it's a, a, someone that he's met recently. All we know that these two have an encounter with Jesus that literally turns, literally turns them around, turns their life around in, in a space of a very small period. The thing is, with these two, they are... Well, hanging out with the remaining 11 disciples at the end of the Gospels, of Luke's Gospel. but as men, And they're mentioned as the others. This reference to the others, they were still in the know. They were still privy with what was happening. So Jesus has died and there is word that is risen again. And the women, Mary Magdalene, Joanna and Mary, which is Jesus' mothers and others, see that the stone has rolled away. And they see with their own eyes that there's no body. These women remember what Jesus says about the fact that he'd be crucified. And on the third day, he'd rise again. And they go back to the group, to the others, the 11 disciples and the others, which is these guys. And they bring this news. And it says in Luke 24, verse 11. But they did not believe the women. Because their words seemed like nonsense. It's not long after these two, which is the others, decide that this was all too much. And they want out. That we don't know exactly what their plans are or why they decide to leave Jerusalem where they were gathered. But we know that they hit the road. They clear out. They flee. But we read at the end of this chapter... In verse 52, that they're back. It's not long after they return from this trip, from clearing off. And it says in verse 52 then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. So we need to ask ourselves a question what actually happens? What transpires on their trip when they hit the road? that they return so quickly. They literally don't get too far down the road where they turn around and come straight back. I'm intrigued. I've always been intrigued in this story of why these two so quickly change their plans. There is something profound. There is something stunning. There is something incredibly beautiful that gets in my heart, that speaks to me. And I believe that tonight will speak to you. So we're going to unpack it by going through the story and we're going to unpack it in six different points that I'm going to, going to be speaking about. The first one is walk, second one talk, listen, reveal, respond and remember. So hang with me, we're going to read through the text. It's an amazing story, it's incredible. Luke 24, follow along, verse 11. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened as they talked and discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, which is Jesus that is, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast, One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Jesus says, what things? This walk that they they take, this walk where they leave Jerusalem, they're discouraged. It says, they stood still, their faces downcast. There's disappointment in them. They're disillusioned. You might ask the question, why did they wander off? Why did they leave their crew? Why did they leave their their community, their their family, the other believers? Why did they wander off from the others? The thing is, their expectations were not met. The type of leader that they hoped and wanted Jesus to be, they wanted Jesus to rescue Israel. They wanted Jesus to rescue Israel from the suffering that they 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 were oppressed people. They, uh, they assumed that he would redeem and liberate them. But they didn't go to plan. Jesus dying on the cross was not what they assumed, even though we predicted, even though we spoke about it. It devastated these two and others. They were absolutely shattered. Can you relate to a time where you were disappointed, frustrated, at God for something that hasn't worked out like you hoped, a plan, an idea, a dream. These guys in their disappointment, what do they do? They wander off. They walk off. They need some space. They want to distance themselves from the risen Christ. This wasn't going to sway the fact that, that they knew he was risen. They'd heard he was risen, but that wasn't gonna sway them. They wanted to create a distant a distance from their community, from what God was doing there in Jerusalem. Who here can relate to these two? When something hasn't worked out, it might have been something unexpected that's just occurred. It's left you feeling disappointed. It might be a relationship, a friendship, something that was just has just not being worked out the way you wanted. It might be a job or a career or a position or or a a path that you felt that you were going down and it just hasn't happened. We often can bottle things up and maybe we act like we're okay. We can shut down and and we can wander and just create this distance. Questioning, God, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Or even that question, Where are you, God, in this? Where are you, God? Because you know what? If you're in this, I I can't tell. These are all good questions, you know. These are actually contemplative questions. And if you were here last week, you would have heard Matt speak about this, that sometimes we actually need to linger in our suffering a little bit and maybe ask these questions, actually open our hearts to these things, to actually ask God, God, what are you doing? These two are walking; they're wandering, and you could assume that God would just let them go, just deal with your stuff, you guys. You should have stayed back with everyone else, because that's where that's where I've just I've I'm, I've risen. I'm back here, but where does Jesus turn up? He's walking with those that are creating distance between Him. They can't even recognise Jesus in this situation there. They can't even recognise him. But that doesn't matter to Jesus. That's okay with him. This says so much about our Jesus. So much about his willingness to walk in our mess, in our discouragement, when we're disillusioned, when we feel that we are going in the other direction. Jesus is with us even though... We regularly don't recognize him. He's with us in our suffering, in our failure. He's a loving God. He is with us. He is patient. He is kind. Do you know that today? The next point comes off the back of that question that, that Jesus asks these two wanderers, these two walkers. And he says, Jesus says, What things? but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Gee, there's a lot of talking. There's lots of words coming out of these guys. The thing is, Jesus still doesn't leave. He doesn't rebuke them. He lets them talk. He listens. He is with us. He is patient. He is kind. But as you can see, it's probably time for these two wanderers to maybe do a little bit less of this and maybe some of this. But he's so patient. He waits. And finally, in verse twenty-five, they start to listen. Jesus says, "How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all the pro- that the prophets have spoken." Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Have a Bible study with Jesus. That's phenomenal. Like These guys have just left the others and next minute Jesus is opening the Scriptures and they're having conversation and that would have been amazing. What a privilege. They walk, they wander away and now they're hearing Jesus just open the Scriptures and share with them in an intimate way. After that, we read Jesus is about to move on. He's about to go somewhere else. But he chooses. He's invited back. And he chooses to change his direction and stay with them. And you're going to to hear what happens next, which is incredible. What an interaction. This invitation to stay longer. What does Jesus do? He accepts. It's beautiful. Now, this is when things get interesting. They've walked, they've talked, they've had a listen. Their hearts are changing. Can you sense it? This stranger on the road who walks alongside, who listens, is warming their hearts as they share the word together. And they want more. There is something going on here. He is with us. He is patient. He is kind. In verse 30, It says, when he was at the table with them. What a beautiful picture, hey? Communion. He took bread, gave thanks. He broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us? Wow, wow as they shared around the communion table, as they shared around a meal, as they shared in that beautiful, intimate time of fellowship, he reveals his true self to them. Even though, even though he'd been there the entire time, he's with us, even when we don't recognise him. He's with us, he is patient, he is kind. There's a British theologian called N.T. Wright, and I love what he His little uh, section on this uh, text, I love this. He he says, The couple from Emmaus discover that that the long curse has been broken. Death itself has been defeated. God's new creation, brimming with life and joy and new possibility, has burst in upon the world of decay and sorrow. It's burst. Something's just burst in them. They can see. This moment they share with the risen Christ is incredible. We're not going to be having communion tonight as part of the service. But I love communion. I think it's such a rich time. It's such an important thing that we do. There's not that many rituals uh, that we do that that is is as symbolic as that. The Lord's Supper. And the thing is, it's so important to remember when we do share in communion. We We regularly do that here. As a, as a night church, and we do that in the morning as well, it is that it is Jesus who hosts us. We are invited guests to be with him. Jesus is the host and he invites our wandering ways, our talking, He is present. See, the commu- communion is a great place for us to contemplate, to stop, to listen, to open our hearts. He wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to reveal himself to you. Invite Jesus into your life, whatever that looks like. So for, for us tonight, we're going to have that opportunity a, a little bit later. You mightn't have done that before. It might be something that you've observed others around you, that they seem to be having this amazing relationship with God and there may be stuff happening. But for you, you may be like, no, that's, that's not my experience Well, I encourage you tonight, let the host, the one who walks with you, the one who wants to show you that he is with you, invite him. And tonight might be a start for you. In verse 33, it says about these two people. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11. They get back with their community and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread, when they had communion together, when they sat at the table, when they invited him in. While I was still talking about this, guess who rocks up again? Jesus himself stood among them and says to them, peace be with you. You can go on and read more. It's a beautiful chapter, Luke 24. What a change. What a turnaround. They walk straight back to where it all started. There is no hesitation. There's no ringing ahead and saying, hey, are you okay if we rejoin you I know we walked away they just come straight back with no hesitation they have been with Jesus and that fear that is gone their doubts gone they want to return they want to talk about they respond in faith their hearts are changed their hearts have been warm when they've experienced Jesus intimacy they want to share this experience with others they want to share about the fact that God is with them And that's the church. That's what we do. That's what we do even here on a Sunday night. That's why we gather even youth, young adults, influences. We gather to remember and respond and give praise to God. Because we walk, we talk, we invite Jesus to reveal himself and we respond. We give thanks. And what does response look like? you know what, sometimes this is the hardest thing because we, like we learned last week, in our fast-paced world, we can just move on so quickly and we forget what happened yesterday so quickly. In Luke 24, I talked about it earlier in verse 52. These guys and the others and the disciples, then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and they stayed continually at the temple Praising God, worshipping God, giving praise to Him. We were made to worship. We were made to worship, but we often wander. We often walk. But it doesn't change who we're made to worship. And God calls us back to Himself. He does that in such an intimate and such an incredible way. Do you recognise Jesus today? even in your wanderings, in your walking, in your discouragement? Well, I encourage you, even tonight, for us to stop, listen. Maybe you need to invite him to reveal his great love to you today. When is the last time that you've invited Jesus into a situation and said, hey God, can you help? This situation's a mess. I don't know how I'm going to Deal with this tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to go on. Instead of just running and creating that distance from God, actually asking, maybe you've never done that before. And I encourage you tonight as we're going to have a time of prayer in a second, that you may want to do that for the first time. Or maybe it's been a long time. Maybe it's one of those things you're like, oh, well, I had my time. You know what? I encourage you tonight to remember about that time. Just to remember. Remember what that was like when, he, when God warmed your heart. Invite Him. Invite Him. We all need to allow time and space to remember the love of God because He's with us, He is patient, and He is kind. I've got a uh, son, I've got two sons, and uh, one of them in particular. Uh, did something recently that warmed my heart in such a incredible way. And uh, I've got a little prop that I'm going to ask Robbie to chuck up on the table. And Josh Mills, I'm like, I'm, you're like a son to me. My sons aren't here tonight, but I might grab you, Millsy. I'll try to cra- catch you afterwards. Come up here, mate. Give Josh a big round of applause. <clears throat> I need you, Josh. Well... I love my boys very much and, uh, and I've known you since you're about the age of my young boys and I'll get you up on that stool, mate. That'd be great. If you're a parent, you might know what this is like. Often when you take your kids to the swimming pool or uh, even a caravan park, which we recently go to, um, we've just been recently, and I've, I've got this little thing that I do with my sons and uh, I've got two of them, a six and a nine-year-old. Sam's nine and Louis six. and, and I get them up uh, at the end after they've had a shower or if we've been to the swimming pool, because if you leave them on the ground, the floor's wet, they get wet jocks and shirts, and it's just a disaster. So as a parent, and those parents out there might relate to this, you get them up on the seat. Uh, you get them up on a stand like Josh's. And uh, I've been doing this for a little while at this caravan park, where I look, uh, I, I get uh, my boys. And I get them up and I can see them eye to eye. They're usually up to there. It's a bit similar to you, Josh, just joking. You know, you're not that short. Uh, but, but I get them and I, say, I look at them and I say, you're my boy. I said, look at those arms, they're good. But I tell you what, you're a great kid. And gee, I love your ears. I love your nose. Oh, gee, you've got good teeth. Hey, I love your son. I give him a big hug. <laughs> Thanks, Millsy. Let's give him a hand. You know, I love about uh, about that story, and I I tell I do that with both my boys. And uh, just recently, I did that, and about day three, um, because early when I was doing that, you know, Josh didn't do this, which is nice, but uh, my boys would roll their eyes at me and go, "Oh, dad, dad, I don't want to do that." And on our last night of camping, and we uh, our boys, I took them up to brush their teeth, and uh, we were. They weren't having a shower. They weren't needing to stand up on the step. And I was on my way out and I said, hurry up. Boys are always slow, trying to get kids to bed at night time. I was like, come boys, hurry up. And Sam's with me and we're trying to go out the door. And I look around, I'm like, Louie, hurry up, mate. And and I'm like, come on, Louie, where are you? And he goes, hey, Dad. And I come around the corner and guess where he is? He's up on the step. He's just like that. He's like, hey, Dad. He didn't need me to do it, but he invited me, he invited me to come. And I just did the thing, what I did to Josh. I was like, oh, you're a great kid. I love you. Oh, mate, I love your face, your little cheeks. Oh, you got a beautiful heart, son. I just love you. And I gave him a big hug and I lavished love upon him. You know, I was in a rush. I really, you know, we needed to go. We needed to get our boys to bed. But I tell you what, his father. When he invited me back, when he wanted me to lavish love on him, I was quick. I was quick to do that. And our heavenly father's like that with us. Sometimes we just need to invite him. Maybe we need to remember times that we've had with our father in heaven. Might invite our music team up. And I'm going to pray in a second. Thanks, guys. There's a great opportunity for us even tonight. There might be times that you've had in your life where you have sensed God's love, that he's lavished love on you. It might have been a long time ago. It might have even been recently. And we easily forget. We need to remember, folks. You might feel that there's been some wandering, some walking, some discouragement that maybe you sense and feel. Well, I encourage you even tonight as our music team play and as I pray, that you maybe even just allow God just to speak into your heart and just lavish his love upon your life. So let us stand tonight as I pray. Yeah, Father God, we just come before you. And Lord, those times that we just wander from you, where we just feel so discouraged. Maybe our heart is broken. Maybe we just feel just disillusioned with whatever's going on in our lives. But Lord, You are with us. And Lord, when we invite You, when we just stop and and just even in these moments, God, we just sense that You are here. Just as that, that invitation to be at the table. We read that in the story of the two who turn their lives around at Emmaus. Lord, you want us to turn our lives around and you do that in such a beautiful, gentle, loving way. You are with us, Jesus. And tonight I pray for those that are here that really have a sense of God that you are distant, that there is a, just a gap, that, that intimacy, that closeness. They don't feel. And Lord, right now, I just pray that you just lavish your love, that you just pour your love upon your children. Those precious daughters, those precious sons right now, Lord, we just pray that you just pour your love. Just bring your loving kindness, your patience upon them right now in the name of Jesus. There is nothing that they have done that will take away the love of Christ. We thank you for your love. Your love, which is so rich. It is available even tonight. Just open your hands. If that is you tonight, I just encourage you with no one looking around, just open your hands and allow His love just to overcome you and just let his love just flow over you. And as we worship in a second, as we sing a song which declares the Father's love, I encourage you just to do that. Just allow God's love just to just to flow and, and just come over you and let his love just lavish over you in in maybe for the first time. Or maybe it's been it hasn't happened for a while. I encourage you to do that tonight as we worship him. Let's worship Him, folks.